Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be, and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. This podcast began a year ago with this question. What is the most remote place you can think of? Now we're at the end of season two, and I realized that I forgot to tell you something. I forgot to tell you about the most remote place that I could think of. Now, to me, the answer is clear, and it's been the same for a very long time. In fact, I've spent years trying to figure out a way to get to this place. Ever since I flipped on the television one day and saw this. This is CNN Breaking News. And this is the breaking news this hour. It is the beginning. North Carolina starting now to feel the full power of Hurricane Arthur. We are tracking... If you don't remember Hurricane Arthur, let me refresh your memory. It was a Category 2 storm, the earliest to make landfall in North Carolina history. Came ashore near Beaufort on July 4th, 2014. That is not why I remember Hurricane Arthur. I remember it because of this guy. And I want to go now to Richard Neal. He is on the phone, and he is in what's called uh, the Frying Pan Tower. This is 34 miles off the North Carolina coast. Well, guess what else is about that far off the North Carolina coast? That would be this storm. Richard, explain to us, uh, and we're seeing some of the pictures that you have shot. Explain to us what this tower is. Uh, This is a Coast Guard light station that the government auctioned off several years ago. And I um, happened to accidentally win the auction, and so I've turned it into an adventure bed and breakfast, although not expecting it to be this much of an adventure. Okay, this is not necessarily something I was expecting to hear, I will say, but this is a fascinating view. Um, tell there us are you have been 30 to 35-foot waves just rolling past way below his feet. It's a mountain of water. Then he goes up onto a helipad that's on top of the platform. out into the 100-mile-an-hour winds. Invigorating. My first thought was, dude is nuts. And my second thought was, man, I have got to figure out a way to go there. I didn't figure it out, at least not at first. But that guy, Richard Neal, kept on popping up on the news, like in 2016 when Hurricane Matthew rolled right over Frying Pan Tower. Surveillance cameras captured Neil riding out the storm. Probably Is he like be in a lounge chair? I like, guess. There. And again, earlier this year, when Richard put shares of the tower up for sale, asking for other people to become his co-owners. It can comfortably fit up to 12 people, if you know that many people want to go in the middle of the ocean. I'd been in contact with Richard, and we tried to work something out, but the timing never seemed to be right. And then there was the money. Richard charged hundreds of dollars to stay the night out there, and a boat ride out and back was hundreds of dollars on top of that. And a helicopter ride? Even more expensive. But then, a few months back, Richard called me and said, I think I've 
finally worked out a solution. But there's a catch. And that catch is, you can come, but you'll only be able to stay for a few hours. A boat will take you out in the morning, and a helicopter will take you back in the afternoon. I said yes, almost immediately. And so today, you are going to tag along on a trip to a really, really remote place. You are going to find out what it's like aboard an old Coast Guard tower that sits 32 miles out into the ocean. And you're also going to find out what happens when something you've been longing for ends much too quickly. From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, a podcast about what you find in hard-to-find places. I'm Jeremy Markovich. If you have never heard of Frying Pan Tower, let me go back to the very beginning. The tower sits about 32 miles off the North Carolina coast at the end of a very long, shallow, sandy area called Frying Pan Shoals. Those shoals extend out from the end of Cape Fear, south of Wilmington, and for hundreds of years, passing ships ran aground in that shallow water. Strewing the coastline with battered vessels that never again will put to sea. At first, the solution was to put what's called a light ship at the end of the shoals. Basically, that's a floating lighthouse that warns other ships about the shallow water. It's an important job they're doing, because without these men and ships, there would be no lights at sea. No warning signals to keep America's shipping safe. In the 1960s, the Coast Guard wanted a more permanent solution. So, Frying Pan Tower was built in 1964. It needed a full-time crew to keep the light going. But by 1979, the light had been automated. Fast forward about 25 years, and with advances in navigation and GPS, those lights, like lighthouses on shore, had become functionally obsolete. Frying Pan Tower was decommissioned in 2003. And after that, it just sat there. In 2010, the Coast Guard went back out to inspect the tower and made a video of what they found. Cruise rec room. The inside was frozen in time, like the last guy out hit the pause button. The outside looked rusty, but things were still structurally sound. So instead of tearing it down, the Coast Guard decided to auction it off, and it sold for $80,000 to a guy who is not the kind of guy you'd expect to buy this sort of thing. In fact, he didn't actually expect to buy this thing. His name? Richard Neal. I'm Richard. Hey. It's a Friday morning, and by the time I meet Richard at a boat dock in Carolina Beach, he's already been up for hours. He had to get up at 3 a.m. to make the drive over from his home in Charlotte to meet me and two other guys who were staying through the weekend. Abe Rummage from Denver, North Carolina, and his buddy. Rob Merritt. Sorry. Hey, all right. Rob Merritt. Nice to meet you. you. Rooster Rob, what are we doing? Rooster's fine. Rooster. That's what the family calls him. Yeah. Richard chartered a boat, and it'll take about an hour and a half for all of us to get from Carolina Beach to the tower. It's a sunny day, some puffy clouds, a few rain squalls pop up around us, but the waves are pretty gentle. Richard passes the time by falling asleep. How often does Richard nap on these things? I don't know. He's pretty good at it, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> and when we're about 10 miles away, I see it. There it is. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The captain of this boat, Matt Wirt, says this part is always the longest part. 
It's not that bad until you can see the tower, and then once you can see it, it seems like it takes forever. <laughs> it really does. And when we get up right next to the tower, we are not alone. There are a couple of other boats there, along with some divers that are in our way. Hey! Hey! And while Captain Matt is freaking out about that, Rooster starts freaking out about everything else. See the bottom. Damn it, you can. That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. What do you think? I love it. Already love it. This water is incredible. I've never seen water this blue. Think you could do it? Think you could live out here? Oh, I think I could, yeah. I have to have some way to have a boat so I could go where I wanted to. Remember, we are not even on the tower yet, and Rooster is ready to move here. And at this moment, Richard finally wakes up. How was your nap? Uh, halfway awake, halfway asleep. Uh, comfortable. And then when the boat is really close to one of the long, skinny legs, Richard reaches up, grabs a metal rung, there he goes. and starts to climb like a squirrel up 85 feet into the tower. There he is up there. Open the doors. First, Richard hoists up all of our supplies. You going up first, Rooster? Yep. Then he has to use the same rope to hoist up the people. Just your everyday bed and Yeah, breakfast. you know. Is lowering down a little yellow seat that goes up 80 feet. Yeah. Okay, man. That's Just all. Just big enough for your butt. That's it. Go ahead and sit down in it. Feet up. There you go. Hoorah! I am the last one to go up. See y'all later. Hey. We're here. You made it up. Yeah, man. That was hectic. <laughs> that was awesome, though. I mean, what a way to get up here, you know? Legs are shaking a little bit from that. Yeah. It'll make your pocket one. Yeah. Yes, it will. Now, first things first, there's going to be a briefing on safety and so on, but that has to wait because... Yeah. Water spout. Somewhere off of this side. Hoist side. Oh, yeah, look at it. It's a tornado that's formed over the ocean just a few miles from us. And we all rush out onto a catwalk to look at it. And Richard's like, yeah, I see these things all the time. Yeah, maybe we'll be lucky. Come right over us. It does not. It goes back up into the clouds, and we go inside. And the inside looks just like it looks in all the pictures. There's the pool table, there's the mural, the couches, the American flag in the corner. But then there are some things that I didn't expect. There's a unicycle that you can take up on the helipad if you can, you know, ride a unicycle. There are golf clubs in case you want to hit a ball into the world's largest water hazard. There's beer on tap, courtesy of a local brewery on shore. There's a hot tub and a flat screen TV. I have stumbled into the world's most remote man cave. Everybody all right? Good, 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 good. We've got a chance to... Go over some little details that'll keep everybody safe out here. And So Richard lays out the rules. Stay on this level or up on the helipad. If you want to go anywhere else, you can, but Richard has to go too. Also, don't get drunk. If you do have too much, remember, I'm too small to be your babysitter. So. And then he goes into the history and the wildlife and the wireless internet. There is no actual password required on it, which is pretty obvious. Who's going to use it, right? The whole place runs on solar during the day and a diesel generator at night. There's no air conditioning because out here, all you really need is the breeze 
and the ocean. You know on shore it's probably 15 degrees hotter. And during the winter it's at least 15 degrees warmer out here. Because we have this huge thing called the ocean underneath us. And it stays a very solid, steady temperature. And only five miles to the east of us, maybe seven miles, is the Gulf Stream. So that moderates our temperature really well. If you're wondering, like I was, toilets flush directly into the ocean. Fresh water, now that comes from the helipad. All of the rain that falls on it runs into a drain, and that goes into a big holding tank that sits underneath the tower. And that water is used for dishes or showers and toilets. The drinking water comes from jugs and bottles. There's plenty of food and snacks to eat, plenty of fish to catch, and then somebody makes a joke like, oh, can you get a pizza delivered here? You know, it's funny you should, funny you should ask that. Um, Two kids who were staying on the tower were tired of eating fish and wanted pizza. So Richard calls up Domino's. There's a working phone on the tower. And he says, hey, I've got a guy coming out via helicopter in a little bit. Can he borrow a Domino's T-shirt and one of those insulated bags to keep the pizza hot? What happened next was actually captured on video. Domino's pizza delivered! In that case, 30 minutes or it's free did not apply. Anyway, it's clear that Richard goes to great lengths to take care of his guests out here. And in return, those guests often take care of the tower. And sometimes we'll have guests that come out here and and they're halfway through it and they've had a great time. And they're like, what do you need working on? I'm like, well, you're here as a guest. They're like, give me a paintbrush. All right. So we'll start doing it. Rooster really wants to lend a hand. Turn a wrench, something. Once you see that sun go down... Or you see the sunrise pop up in the morning, um, or the stars tonight. I'm already hooked. I'm already hooked. It's It's great. It is wonderful. Now feel how nice. After the briefing, I log into the Wi-Fi, text my wife to say that I'm okay, post to Instagram because I mean my buddies ain't never gonna get an Instagram post like this, am I right? And then I open Google Maps. On the screen, I see a blue dot which represents my location, surrounded by blue ocean, and nothing else. I have to keep zooming out and out and out before I even see land. And that's when it dawns on me. I am way out here, 32 miles from shore. For the next hour, every sentence about a really normal thing ends with those words. I open up a pack of Oreos and think, I am eating Oreos, 32 miles from shore. Someone turns on Pandora and this Jake Owen song comes on, And I think to myself, I am listening to Jake Owen, 32 miles from shore. Richard puts out some chips and salsa, and I eat some, and the crumbs fall on the floor. And I think, "Uh uh-oh, that's really going to attract some ants and flies. And then I think, no, it won't. There are no ants and flies out here. So I clean up the crumbs and keep on eating my chips and salsa, 32 miles from shore. And once my belly is full, I decide to go check this place out. This has like that old school battleship smell, you know. <laughs> I walk through the hallways. The crew quarters all have names like Cape Fear, Ocracoke, Cedar Island. There's enough room for 12 people. I walk up on the helipad. It's nice and breezy up here. Man, it feels great. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see uh, the whole thing about wanting to stay out here for a long time. Now I'm having buyer's remorse for wanting to go back this afternoon. <laughs> it's pretty flat, except in one corner of the helipad, there's this thing that 
kind of looks like an old-school airport control tower. Can we, can we go up there? Absolutely. Let's go up to the top. Let's go up to the top. Do you want to go up any higher? Uh, zip up to you. How, how do you get up higher? I'll show you. All right. I have to climb on this little metal ladder on the outside of the tower to get up to the very top, which is 133 feet above the ocean. Now, I am not afraid of heights, but in this case, I made an exception. It's, it's weird. It, like looking down, it feels like you're moving with the ocean. A lot of lightning off to the south. Feel the hair stand up on your back. Just squat down. Up here, it's kind of noisy. The wind is blowing a little turbine. That's what's causing that buzzing noise you're hearing. And Richard keeps on giving me all of these facts and stories about the tower. And I realized the one thing we really haven't talked about is Richard. So let me ask you just like the most basic question I don't think I've asked you yet. I, why did you buy this? Well, if, if you're old enough to know what an actual comic book is, you know in the back of it they used to have advertisements for buy a Jeep from the government for $5 and silly things that the government would give away. So I literally, in the middle of the recession, 08, 09, was looking around on uh, different websites just trying to figure out well, what was out there. I thought, well, maybe there's land or buildings or something. And the first thing I saw was an old bank building, and it was really cool. But it was in the middle of nowhere. So even though it was great and a great price, I could never take my family there. The next thing I saw was a bunch of what looked like FEMA trailers. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. You know, that, and next thing I saw is, um, you know, it's like swipe to the right, swipe to the right. And kept looking. And then next thing was this strange-looking box on stilts that was in the middle of the water. And I kind of went back to that and said, what on earth is that? And <laughs> and it's only got a $10,000 bid on it? That's fantastic. I'll bid on that. <laughs> hey, honey, look what I found. Um, and the first year that they had the auction, it actually bid up slightly over half a million dollars. Uh, and then the deal fell through because the government would not allow the guy that won the auction to actually come out and look at it. And he said, well, I'm not going to pay a half million dollars if I can't even just inspect it. So they put it up for a sealed bid auction the next year, and I don't know if that was lucky or unlucky, but I was the only guy that bid on it. And so when you won it, were you like, oh, awesome, or you're like, uh-oh? Um, I had no idea what I'd gotten into, but it's like that old Chinese proverb. It says, you won the tiger, now come and get it. You, you hadn't seen it, is that right? You, like, you had not actually physically been out here to see it. So, like, what's it like to, like, know that you own this giant structure that you have never actually been to or seen. Well, it was it was a little bit uh, a little bit nervous at first because you know again they wouldn't let you go out they wouldn't let you climb up in it. I did manage before I made the final payment to jump in a boat and go around the bottom of it and go oh my gosh that's a lot of rust. But uh, I actually <laughs> like everyone else I hadn't been in it until after I'd already paid for it and received my bill of sale and and I basically walked right into 1960. Things in different rooms were still there and had been there for 20 years. Like an old briefcase opened up with a, a cigar sitting in an ashtray next to it and a Hustler magazine and an old Coors, and it was not a Coors Light. That's how old it was. It was sitting there empty, and it just was so strange. How did it get from I bought this light tower to, okay, now I have this bed and breakfast that's out 32 miles out in the ocean? Well, it was actually a natural progression. I, I got people interested in coming out to help on it, and as they would come out and spend some time working on it, I had a couple different people that came out and said, I'd like to bring my wife out here. Well, all right. Well, is she going to work? No, but I tell you what. How about I give you some money for her being out here? And then that progressed to people calling me up and saying, you know, we really want to come out there and just spend a, a nice, quiet evening. Or we had a group of guys that came out and celebrated one of the guys being cancer-free, um, and it just progressed from there.
it's also a way to help pay for the upkeep. Richard isn't a millionaire. He's just a normal guy with a full-time job as a software developer. He's not profiting off of this. When people pay him to stay out here for a weekend, all of that money goes back into the tower. It's an amazing place to visit. But if you own it, it can be overwhelming. I realized this last year that I needed to get some additional participants in it, which is why we've done the fractional. Fractional meaning he's offering people a chance to become part owners of the tower with him. Because we can get ourselves a dozen or two dozen different interested and committed owners to putting this back in order without any one particular person killing themselves to get it done. You feel like you're killing yourself to get it done right now? Let's just put it this way. If I was not to get any assistance, the tower would need more help than I could provide for it in the amount of time that it takes to do it. So um, I love it out here. I love working on it. But I have fun working with friends. All right. Let's hop on down. So I get down. And on the helipad, I encounter some new guests who got here by helicopter not long after we did. One of them, Sherry, has got some lounge chairs set up. And the tunes... I don't know what that one is. Tell me. That's the honey drippers. Get some thunder with your music, too. She is here to relax. I really haven't had the chance. I got up on the tower at noon. It's now two. And when I'm talking to the other new guests, Alan, I realize I don't have that much time left. Uh, when y'all leaving? I'm going to chopper gates here at like 4.30, oh, so we yeah, only have a couple hours. Yeah, I, I, mean, I wish we could stay until the morning, but oh, yeah. the there's no, there no way to get out off here tomorrow. So yeah. Alan is staying through the weekend. It turns out he's been wanting to come out here just as long as I have. You've been trying to get out for how long? Just a year. I've talked, I mean, I've looked at it for the last couple of years, but I started talking to Richard last year about coming, and it just didn't work out. And then I just decided this year, and I wanted to do it, and it was on my bucket list, and I decided to go for it. Richard's been talking about some of the stuff to come. The sunset, the stars, the fireworks that they're going to set off, the sunrise tomorrow morning. I'm not going to experience any of that. I've got two and a half hours left before the helicopter comes to take me back. And I'm kind of mad about that. I've been sucked into this beautiful alien place. A place I've been trying to reach for years, and all I want to do is stay. But there's really only one way that's going to happen. That part of the story, when we come back. This is Away Message. I'm Jeremy Markovich, and today I am on Frying Pan Tower, an old Coast Guard light station that's 32 miles off the North Carolina coast. Now, I've already been to the very top, so now I want to go see what it looks like underneath. So, I grab Richard and Rooster, and we head down. You can see the waves sloshing around beneath our feet, royal terns coasting through the air below us. Barracuda and sharks circling in the blue water. This is the coolest spot on the tower, at least temperature-wise. Yeah, it is cooler down here. So, so where are the, where are the tanks, the, the water tanks? You're looking at them. Wow. There are a bunch of metal and fiberglass catwalks. Some of them look pretty rough. Everything down here looks really old or really rusty. 
But Richard says the important parts of the structure were inspected by the Coast Guard just before he bought the place, and they're in really good shape. The parts that aren't, well, he's repairing them. Were you this handy before you you bought a um, Coast Guard tower? You know, my mama, God bless her, told me that I was born an engineer. So, you know, I don't know if I got it lucky or what, but this stuff seems easy to me. Well, obviously you enjoy doing it. I love this. I love this guy. I can see how. It's fun. I mean, especially for six months with no, no outside. Yeah, not much. You know, another human voice. Just kind of quiet. Now, if my Xbox worked out here, that would be even better. It would. Oh, hell, then I'd be... 800 megabit download speeds? I'm your man. you be the king. You ever need anybody to stay out here and look for this place for you? I'm your man. You guys haven't even turned on the big screen TV yet. <laughs> so I have a question for you, because I, 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 I can't figure out if it's, if it's the... Uh, yeah. Um, what the exact answer is. Are we in North Carolina right now? No. Are we in the United States right now? No. So where are we? International waters. Maritime law, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what does that mean for the law? Is yeah. it the law of the sea out here? Or what? Yeah. yeah, there is actually a law of the sea. You know, I mean, murder is still murder no matter where it happens. There yeah. is actually so nobody's, international so, so, tribunal. So nobody try to kill me because they're still, still, still no, against the law. Still, you still, well, you know, it'd be hard to make, figure out, are they going to take you to the Hague and prosecute you there, that sort of thing? If you were out here, you could technically have a casino. You could have a brothel. You could have an international bank. You could declare your own nation, although unless you're recognized by another nation, it doesn't really count. But if you did that, you would have to say that I was no longer an American, and I'll be damned if I'm going to give that up. Outstanding, sir. So we have a U.S. Coast Guard facility that we're trying our darndest to take care of and repair and get people involved to help put it back in shape, keep it in order, and trying to be very proactive about doing that. So when there are people out here in boats and they have any kind of medical conditions, and we've had that, we've had boats that have started to sink, we've had boats that have maydayed but had bad radios, we talk to our friends over there at the Coast Guard, they talk to us and ask us to look for people if they're out here, so we try and help them and we're grateful when they help us, but when we do stay out here during a hurricane, we give them a heads up and say, you know, we're our own fools, we're on our own, we understand that, and we'll be okay out here. As long as the beer stays cold and the fridge is working, we keep That's our right. pizzas going, we're good. What's it like to ride out a hurricane out here? Well, the strange thing about hurricanes is on shore they're dangerous and scary, and they should be because things get blown through the air and they hit you and kill you. Out here, there's nothing to hit you but water. And the water, when you have on a pair of safety glasses and you have a safety line on, is not, nothing really extraordinary. You have an amazing ability to make uh, insane stuff sound like like a day at the beach. Like, <laughs> hey, I wouldn't want to be on the beach during well, a hurricane. Well, yeah, no, but that's the man that you want. I mean, that's the we kind have of some, man that we you have want. some good stuff out here, you know. But yeah, but it's just it's just to me it's like it's like hey, uh, let, let me let me tell you about a guy who rode out a, a a hurricane on a metal tower 32 miles off the coast. It was built in 1960. It was built in 1962 and it's still there. Yeah. And, and and you're like yeah, well, it's not really that big of a deal. Well, I, I was built in 1960, and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> they built us to last in the 60s. Yeah, they did. You know, I, I, I wonder if that's crazier, if jumping on the jet ski and riding it out here 35 miles is a little more odd, but we've done that a couple times, too. Really? Yeah, how else would you get it here? Richard goes on and on, each story more nutso than the next, about sinking ships and the best way to attract sharks. And the whole time we've been talking, the wind has been picking up. Hopefully nobody's left their stuff up on the helipad. So I follow Richard up two flights of stairs back to the helipad. And the far-fetched thing that I'd hoped 
what happened earlier, the thing that would keep me here for more than just a few hours, it's actually happening. It's a storm, and it's heading our way. Richard says the helicopter pilot won't fly if there's even the chance of bad weather. Yeah, dark, she, she won't even come with that right there. She'd be foolish to. Yeah, I guess that's a dark-looking... Yeah, she would not go through that. ...cell. And I don't think she'd have time to get here through this. Are you going to be all right if you get stuck here overnight? Uh, yeah, we'll be fine. I mean... I think they'd end up coming out just in the morning. Yeah, that'd be fine. It's just, you know, a matter of... I don't want to fly into something that she's not safe with, so... She, I mean, she won't fly it. If it's not safe, she yeah. won't do it. So... Guess I better catch some more fish. <laughs> so, we go to catch more fish. Cow, that. You caught them that quick. Oh, yeah. He's too small. Oh, that's Can a little black sea bass. Out here? Yeah, but they're going to cut him up and use it for bait, so they'll get some bigger ones for dinner. That's a whole circle of life. Look, I brought some ham sandwiches. I, got, I know, but we're in... I got ham and turkey sandwiches. Sherry, we're, we're, we're 35 miles out in the Atlantic Ocean. Are you going to eat ham sandwiches? Look. And... In that moment, everything is perfect. We're out fishing, joking, hanging out, relaxing. We don't have a care in the world because the world is 32 miles away, out across the Atlantic Ocean. Being here is like the world's biggest exhale. I checked the time. It's 3.30. The helicopter is supposed to be here in an hour, but it's not coming. The sprinkles have now turned into a rain shower, and the thing that I'd hoped for has come to pass. I get to stay. I get to explore. And finally, I can relax too. That feeling doesn't last. When we check the radar, we see that big storm that was headed our way wasn't so big after all. So it's... She's going to wait till that goes past. That big one? No, that one. Yeah. And then she'll come out. We'll see. The last time I had this feeling, I was underwater, scuba diving. I'd seen a lot of things, stingrays, coral, all sorts of tropical fish, but there was one thing that I always wanted to encounter down there and never had. And at the end of one dive, I'm maybe 80 feet underwater, and I see it. At last. It's this enormous sea turtle, just slowly swimming along. I look at him, he looks at me, and we start swimming together, side by side. It was this incredible moment. And right after it began, I checked my gauge and saw I was running very low on air. I'd waited so long for this. And then this moment ended just as quickly as it began. The amazing things, they never last as long as you want them to. Thank you, man. Okay, let me know when you made it back, all right? We'll send you a text. Thank you. And we lift off. I can see everybody's faces at first, but before long, they get too far away, and they go inside. Then, this huge tower is only a tiny speck in the vast ocean. Pretty soon, it's behind us. And not long after that, it disappears. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I should feel sad, but instead I feel lucky. Lucky that I got to see this place. Lucky that I got to see a lot of places. And after two seasons of this podcast, that is what I was left with. If there's anything I've learned, anything I could pass along from this experience, it's this. Life is not always exciting, but you're going to keep dreaming, no matter what. And sometimes to make those dreams a reality, you have to wait. You have to be patient. But if you ever get the chance to go out and make one of those dreams come true, if you can make it happen, even for a short time, then go. Don't regret it. Don't look back. Don't say, oh, I wish I'd done this or that. The important part is that you go. Because once you've gone, you get to ask the most important question of all. What's next? Written and edited by me, Jeremy Markovich, and produced by me and James Michkowski. Kimberly Simpson is our digital manager, and Elizabeth Hudson is our editor-in-chief. Music in this episode is from Blue Dot Sessions. Our closing song is Pumpkin and Daisy by Acoustic Syndicate. Now, all of the songs featured in our episode are from North Carolina-based musicians. You can find a Spotify playlist of every song on our website, along with a map of every place I visited over both seasons. You can also find pictures from our trip to Frying Pan Tower. Just check out the show notes for this episode or head over to our website, away.ourstate.com. This podcast is a production of Our State Magazine, an employee-owned company that's been celebrating North Carolina for 85 years. If you have enjoyed this season of Away Message and you want to support us, the best way to do it is to subscribe to the magazine. It is beautiful, all about North Carolina, and unlike this podcast, it has pictures. Beautiful, gorgeous pictures. And great stories about terrific places and wonderful people from all across the state. To get all that goodness delivered to your door every month, head over to OurState.com, use the promo code AWAY to get $5 off a year's subscription. Makes a great gift for your friends, for your family, or for you. Again, use the promo code AWAY 
to get $5 off a year's subscription. It is our thank you for listening to the show. And one last thing. If you're going to steal internet from an old Coast Guard tower that's 32 miles from shore, sometimes karma is going to get you. When we have the internet really cooking, we'll have our wireless shooting out about 300 feet around the base of the tower. And we know phones will work on a, over IP, right? Right. So guys will be out here, and they'll be on their phone. They'll be borrowing <coughs> my internet. And one guy's phone rang, and he answered. And it, you could hear it because it's on speakerphone. And it was his wife saying, honey, where are you? Well, I'm out here at the Prime Pantera. You can't be at the Prime Pantera. That's out in the middle of the ocean. There's no internet. There's no cell signal. I swear to you, I'm out here at the tower. And he goes, Richard, tell her. I'm like, he's... What's she going to I can believe me. And she said, you know, you better be home in a half hour because I know you're close to shore. You need to get on home. (laughs) So, you know, three hours later, he probably got in trouble. This is the end, at least for now. But we've got some really exciting things in store, so just keep on checking this feed. And until next time, I'm going to keep on exploring. And I hope you will, too.